0: The punch out we're following the news all day so you don't have to giving you everything you need to know about what's in the headlines and what should be and yes we are back here on the punch out 13th of july 2021 very happy to be back with you Plenty for you here on the show, as we always do. We're going to be talking about Bahrain, where executions have increased by 600% for the past several years. We're going to be talking about utility companies in California making you pay for fires that they start. But before we get to either of those two very important stories, we're going to start with the heavy toll mass incarceration is taking on families. (laughs) While in an existential sense, we all probably have a general knowledge that having an incarcerated family member certainly would take a toll on one's mental, physical, and financial health, a new study out from researchers at seven of America's top universities have taken a closer look and quantified, to a certain degree, the physical and mental impact of having a loved one incarcerated. And the shocking lead statistic is... Having just one incarcerated or formerly incarcerated family member leads to a 2.6-year decrease in life expectancy. Yes, that's right. Having one family member locked up takes essentially three years off your life. Having three or more family members locked up leads to a 4.6-year reduction in life expectancy. So just to sum that up again, having someone in your family incarcerated is linked to a roughly three to five year decrease in life expectancy. And the study notes that this is, quote, regardless of age, race, gender, income level, housing type, family size, or personal history of incarceration or substance use, end quote. So really, the incarceration of a family member is the key variable here. As the study notes, quote, nationally, an estimated 45 percent of people have an immediate family member who has been incarcerated and 35 percent of people have an extended family member with a history of incarceration, suggesting that mass incarceration harms the health and well-being of tens of millions of Americans, regardless of their personal involvement in the justice system, end quote. The study also measures the percentage of people with incarcerated family members that say that they are, quote, unquote, thriving, physically and or mentally. And as you might expect, having a loved one locked up makes you significantly less likely to say you are thriving mentally or physically. For instance, 51% of people with no family member in jail or prison said they were thriving physically. 40% of people with one family member locked up said the same. 35% Of Those with two to three family members currently or formerly incarcerated said that they were thriving physically, and only 23% of those with three or more family members incarcerated said that they were thriving as it concerns their physical health. And similar trends exist as it concerns mental health as well. 65% of those with no one in their family incarcerated said they were quote-unquote thriving mentally, 54% of those with one family member inside said the same, and 45% of those with three or more family members locked up said that they were thriving in terms of mental health. So as you can see, these are pretty steep drop-offs there, and they can port with other information that's been collected on these issues over the years. At the Prison Policy Institute, details, quote, Studies have also shown that women with incarcerated partners experience depression, hypertension, and diabetes at higher rates than those with non-incarcerated partners. And children with incarcerated parents are at increased risk for mental health problems and substance abuse disorders. Now, while the effects are consistent across all variables, that doesn't mean the effects are distributed equally across the population, since certain demographics are overwhelmingly incarcerated. For instance, of those with three or more family members incarcerated, 5.2% of them are white, while 23.8% of them are black. There are all sorts of reasons why the U.S. system of incarceration is a moral abomination, but with these numbers, it really couldn't be more clear how destructive it truly is as california steps into another potentially record-breaking wildfire season and by the way so far there are more acres burned than this time last year which set an all-time record for acres burned incredibly pacific gas and electric or pg&e wants to make consumers pay for new wildfire protections that are made to be done with their own equipment. So they want you to pay for their own equipment to stop you from being burned alive. In fact, this week, they asked regulators to approve a $3.6 billion rate increase that they claim will help them fireproof more of their operations. Now, just off the bat there, it certainly is galling that a massive company like PG&E, which had nearly $20 billion in revenues last year, is asking consumers to pay for the privilege of not dying in a wildfire. But it's even more galling, though, because this isn't just hypothetically dangerous. PG&E is actually the chief source of wildfire dangers in the state of California. For instance, PG&E pled guilty to 84 counts of manslaughter in the Camp Fire in 2018. In 2019, they were charged with five felonies and 28 misdemeanors linked to the Kincaid Fire. In fact, five of the ten deadliest fires since 2015 are linked to PG&E's transmission lines, including the Paradise Fire that killed 85. From 2014 to 2017, PG&E has been responsible for over 1,500 wildfires. In multiple incidents now, it's become clear that it wasn't just an accident either, but malfeasance. Mike Florio, a utilities commissioner from 2011 through 2016, told the New York Times a few years ago, quote, there was very much a focus on the bottom line over everything. What are the earnings we can report this quarter? And things really got squeezed on the maintenance side, end quote. The Times also noted that, Quote, a 2017 report commissioned by state regulators determined that PG&E often made improvements only after a disaster. End quote. To add insult to injury, PG&E has also been working to limit the adoption of rooftop solar, along with Southern California Edison and San Diego Power and Light. PG&E is working to crush the state-funded rooftop solar program that experts note is important to this issue because it reduces the need for as many lines and towers linked to wildfires. And this is what people mean when they say climate change can't be addressed without capitalism. As long as the profit motive is dominant, the system change we need can't be put in place. It's been 10 years since the Arab Spring kicked off in 2011. You may remember that one of the countries with one of the biggest uprisings was Bahrain, a majority Shiite country ruled by a Sunni absolute monarchy and also home to the U.S. Fifth Fleet. You may also remember that with the help of Saudi Arabia, the UAE, and at least the acquiescence of the United States, the uprising was brutally crushed. Now a new report by the anti-death penalty and human rights group Reprieve and the Bahrain Institute for Rights and Democracy has detailed how since 2011, death sentences in Bahrain have increased by 600 percent and is clear sign of any of the dramatic repression that the monarchy is visiting against its opponents. As Al Jazeera notes about the report's contents, quote, the joint report noted the use of torture, especially in quote-unquote terror-related death penalty cases. And they noted that this was particularly widespread despite pledges for human rights reform by the government, saying further that some 88% of men executed in Bahrain since 2011 were convicted of quote-unquote terror charges, and 100% of these individuals alleged torture, and that further... 26 men today are facing imminent execution on death row, 11 of whom alleged torture by Bahraini authorities. According to court documents, this includes individuals whose convictions were based on false torture confessions. And the content of said torture is said to include electric shocks to the chest and genitals, beatings, and attempted rape. The United Nations also cast doubt on many of these cases, noting that there was really no evidence other than forced confession in just about all of them. Bahrain has also revoked the citizenship of hundreds of people in mass trials and forced the vast majority of opposition activists to flee the country. Of course, all of this poses no threat to the regime there, in terms of its international support at least, because they are an ardent partner with the United States, Saudi Arabia, the UK, UAE, and Israel in the regional crusade against Iran. There is no one with any power at least to create any level of accountability or consequences. Only rewards, actually. In fact, according to the U.S. State Department themselves, they've given hundreds of millions of dollars to Bahrain to improve, among other things, quote, its ability to deny terrorist sponsorship support and sanctuary, end quote. And just a reminder here of what we said earlier, that the torture and executions are being carried out under the guise of counterterrorism. So in other words, the U.S. is paying for Bahrain to torture political opponents of the monarchy and kill some of them, too. And what makes it even worse is that the U.S. openly claims that Bahraini authorities are acting in, quote, accordance with human rights. So there you have it. Even more evidence, if you needed it, that all the U.S. rhetoric on supporting freedom and democracy around the world is pretty hollow. That's the punch out for today.